Hello, MD Roberts School of the Arts friends and family. Thanks again for joining us for our first season of our podcast. I'm Miss Long, and in our previous episode, you got to hear from Miss Rainwater and the theater department. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Corso. He is our awesome band director. Hi, Mr. Corso. How are you? Hi, Miss Long. I'm doing well today. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started with some questions for you. How okay. long have you been teaching, and where did you go to school? I have been teaching for 23 years, and I attended Columbus State University in Columbus, Georgia. And what was your degree in? Uh, I received a bachelor's uh, in music education, and uh, I received a master's in music education with emphasis in conducting. Okay, cool. Um, why did you decide to teach band? Well, uh, that started back in high school. I, uh, I loved playing the clarinet, started in middle school, and at some point in high school, around ninth grade, um, I became section leader in the clarinets, and uh, I actually enjoyed working with the other students in the section starting in ninth grade, and I did that all the way through uh, 12th grade. Eventually, I picked up saxophone, and I did the same thing with the saxophone, and I just, I saw teaching as something that was challenging. I saw it as noble as well, and I felt like it was a secure occupation an occupation which I could envision myself um, using my God-given talents and uh, making a career out of it. So you've been teaching really for a long time then, if you have really more than 23 years, if you um, really kind of started doing that in ninth grade, that's cool that you had that opportunity. Yeah, I did a lot of work as I remember back then too, with um, working in the marching band as a squad leader which uh, was someone who helped with the marching techniques and all that. And I did that uh, each summer through college as well. I went back to, um, back to my home county in Georgia and I uh, helped out with different high school programs um, in Douglas County back then. Okay. Yeah, I think that's something that's kind of unique to uh, the band world where you guys really get to start um, dabbling in some teaching uh, when you're in high school with marching band, whereas as an orchestra teacher, we didn't really have quite as many of those opportunities. So that's really cool that you got to do that. Yes, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoy it. I still do it to this day also. <laughs> I still work with the band. Oh, that's I, right. You help with your children's bands, right? I do. Yes, I do. I, I work as a marching instructor still. Anything else you'd like our listeners to know about you before we talk about your subject? Uh, well, um, I'm a clarinet player and a saxophone player. Uh, musically. I enjoy as a hobby uh, uh, playing my instruments on the side. Um, I played uh, with some local freelance groups. I play uh, with the Peachtree Jazz Ensemble based in Peachtree City. Uh, We play a lot of gigs, have a lot of fun doing that. And uh, I'm always looking for little opportunities like that to not only teach, but to actually use my talent and enjoy it. Other than that, I enjoy reading. I I like to read. uh, And um, that's kind of an interesting thing for me. I enjoy spending time with my family as well, my kids and my dogs and mm-hmm. all that. <laughs> Tell us about a band. Uh, what do you teach in each grade level? Well, I, I teach um, I teach sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade band. And uh, within those uh, within those subjects, I teach woodwind, brass, and percussion. 
that's the emphasis of, of, uh, of what I do in my band room. Uh, kids who sign up for band, of course, would need to have a desire to learn how to play a woodwind instrument, such as a flute, clarinet, oboe, bassoon, or saxophone, a brass instrument, such as a trumpet, French horn, trombone, um, baritone, or tuba, or any of the many percussion instruments, and percussionists emphasize as far as their learning, we emphasize in the middle school level, snare drum technique, mallet technique, and timpani technique. So those are the three main areas, even though there's very many other auxiliary percussion instruments that are used in the course of a piece or, or a song that you're working on. And I know uh, for your percussion students, you do give them the opportunity to rotate between um, the different things back there in the percussion section. So everybody gets a chance to do the mallets, right? Yes, they do. In fact, they probably, as a beginner, uh, they usually spend, I would say, about 70% of the time when they're first starting off that first semester is spent on mallets and um, about uh, about 30% on snare. And then it equals out a little bit more later on in the year during sixth grade. And then toward that uh, last, uh, toward the last quarter of the year, we start rotating timpani in, and it becomes more of a of a three way rotation in the percussion section. Uh, I don't like to say uh, for my kids that are interested in percussion, I hate for them to say that they want to play drums because that's not what a drummer does. A drummer is a percussionist, uh, and that's something that I'm I'm very uh, I'm very uh, I'm very specific. Uh, when I speak to my beginners as to what the role of a percussionist is in the band, it's not just to play a drum. We don't just make beats or bang on things in the back of the room. We're, we're making music and there's a whole technique yeah. to that, just like in the woodwind and brass section. Right, because the mallets helps them learn how to read um, notate musical notation. Um, yes. And then timpani, they get to use their ears to learn how to tune the timpani, right? Yes, you have to have a really good ear. Uh, to be a percussionist, uh, to play the timpani, you also have to have a really good ear to play a brass instrument because you have to be able to hear whether you're on the right partial or the right harmonic series um, when you're fingering a certain valve fingering or in the slide in a certain position when, if you're a trombone player. So a really good ear is necessary for, I would say, uh, anything in the brass section, definitely, and uh, also the timpani in the percussion section. So there's a lot more that goes into band than just playing, picking up an instrument and being able to play it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, kids who have a good background vocally oftentimes make good mm -hmm. band musicians as well because they can hear those pitches already in their ear. And uh, mm -hmm. kids who play string instruments, believe it or not, also make a do a great in between playing both strings and playing in the band, you know, in two separate classes just because they learn how to hear where those pitches are because you have to find them on the strings on the fingerboard of a violin, cello, bass, or, or, um, or viola. And that transfers over really well, like I said, to a lot of those brass instruments mm -hmm. uh, and the, the timpani and the percussion. Yeah, I know we've been fortunate over the years to be able to share some students and, and those students have done really well since they've been in two, um, two of, uh, of the music classes. Oh, so yeah. I know yeah. I always have enjoyed having band students in the orchestra. Oh, yeah, it's been great. All these years we've done that. And uh, not only between band and orchestra, but between band and chorus, between chorus mm -hmm. and orchestra, 
oftentimes kids who play a musical instrument wind up gravitating towards another class that uses an instrument or uses the voice as an instrument. And even the piano is very important in that mix. When you mix the piano in and all the theory, uh, music theory that goes behind piano, you know, piano being the grandfather of all instruments. So um, yeah, yeah, lots of great relationships for kids interested in band uh, to take a minor subject as orchestra or chorus or or piano even. Right. Can beginners join in your seventh and eighth grade band? That's a very difficult thing to do, and uh, I do not encourage it. Uh, I prefer for the kids to start off their first year in band. By the time we move to the second year, we're already a year into it, and there's so much that has to be learned with the fundamental embouchure and the air concept, which we learned that first year, that it's extremely hard to figure that stuff out in a private study type situation, uh, unless you choose to take private music lessons outside of school and pay a, pay an instructor to do that. Uh, I have had some students able to do that over the years, but I can count them on one hand. Uh, I, I do mm-hmm. strongly encourage kids to start in sixth grade if they have any interest whatsoever in band, uh, because I do not encourage that in seventh or eighth grade as beginners. In fact, I don't even have a beginning audition in the magnet program that's set up for a beginning seventh grade audition. Right. Can you explain what an embouchure is? You've mentioned that word, and um, I'm not sure if our listeners know what that is. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Embouchure is nothing more than the way the mouth forms to a mouthpiece. Uh, For instance, a trumpet, a trombone, a baritone, a tuba, a French horn, they use a certain embouchure. The lips, the jaw is aligned a certain way as to make sound be produced through the instrument. And then for different instruments like the clarinet and saxophone, there's a different embouchure that we use for those instruments, which, and and it's it's for different kids, different embouchures are gonna be more comfortable for them, particularly as beginners. And uh, that embouchure is something that if a student has a good embouchure on a certain instrument, it is a reasonable assumption that they will be able to experience success on that instrument. And for that reason, I actually test the kids out on their embouchure on all the 10 different woodwinds and brass instruments before their parents make an investment in an instrument. Because I want to make sure that the child experiences a certain level of success as far as getting a good proper sound, a good proper tone quality, which is typical for that instrument from day one. So embouchure, the way a mouth forms, to a woodwind or brass mouthpieces. Uh, percussionists do not use an embouchure because they don't mm-hmm. have in their mouth. It's all with their with drumsticks and mallets and stuff. Thank you for that explanation. You're welcome. If someone wants to apply an audition for your program as a rising sixth grader, what should they do? Oh, yes. Uh, for, for the rising sixth grade audition, all the student in fifth grade who's interested in auditioning, all they have to do is uh, first of all, they need no prior experience playing a musical instrument. The audition does not center around any sort of performance type of basis for a sixth grader. A sixth grader, what a sixth grader needs to demonstrate in that audition is they need to demonstrate a basic knowledge of musical notations, things like quarter notes, half notes, whole notes. They need to identify them and they need to know how many beats those different things get. Um, They need to also be able to count and clap basic 
rhythms, things such as quarter note, half note, um, different type of quarter rest, half rest, whole rest. The list goes on and on with those seven different musical notations as far as just basic counting and clapping of rhythms. And um, I work with them as a group on that when we're doing face-to-face -face and we do it a different way. If we do a virtual audition, we have a different way, but it's, it's the same thing that I'm assessing is whether a student can make association with a certain beat being lined up with a certain note and creating that rhythm with their hands, all right? And demonstrating it, it's a demonstrating type of thing. And then the third part of the audition for a sixth grader is just basically a very short interview where they, they talk to me if we're in a face-to-face -face situation. And if we're in a uh, virtual environment, then they would write a paragraph. And the topic of that, uh, of that correspondence would be, uh, why, why do you want to join band? Or what instrument do you like the most in the band? Mm -hmm. uh, something that's very simple, but I'm assessing whether the student can present themselves either verbally or in writing in an intelligent fashion um, as they, uh, as they uh, seek to gain acceptance into the band. Mm -hmm. And what about if they are rising seventh grade? Because we do let rising seventh graders audition. Um, what do they have to do? Uh, yes, uh, seventh grade uh, is a little bit different. Uh, for the seventh grade uh, students, uh, they not only need to exhibit an appropriate knowledge of musical expectations, but they need to exhibit that knowledge on a level which would mean that they're not a beginner. They are moving into their second year. So they're demonstrating knowledge that they would have at the end of whatever, uh, whatever sixth grade year, whatever school they're at. They should have one year of knowledge, musical knowledge, appropriate for their age. Uh, in their mind uh, during that audition, and they will answer questions based upon that. And uh, they would also uh, have to play some stuff for me on their instrument. They should not be a beginner on the instrument. They should have a year of knowledge, like I said, so they should be able to play the uh, concert B-flat scale, the concert E-flat scale, the concert F scale. In addition to that, they should be able to play a prepared piece which is either the all-state etude posted for that particular year that they're auditioning, or they can play a piece that is equivalent in difficulty to that all-state etude. And then the last part of it is there will be a sight reading component of which they will be given a piece that they have never reviewed before, age appropriate, of course, and they will be expected to study it for about 30 seconds in their mind, and then they will play it the best they can, and then that will be the end of their audition. Uh, that's for a seventh grader. Uh, mm -hmm. I do not accept eighth graders into the program. That's seventh grade is a cutoff for uh, entry into the program. Right. And that's um, that's how it is for all of our fine arts programs at Roberts. Yes. Yeah. Um, so once a student is accepted into your program, um, what supplies do parents need to purchase for your class? Well, uh, renting or buying an instrument is typically um, what students uh, uh, do. Uh, they would need to also um, purchase a, a book, uh, whatever method book that we're using for that particular class. They would be expected to furnish that. And of course, any consumable items, things such as reeds or uh, oils for the brass instrument, 
um, different types of drumsticks are necessary for percussionists to perform and specific lists are given to those students who make it into the program. Uh, we do keep a small stock of instruments uh, for people who are having trouble uh, financially in some way. So uh, we can help people out if we need to, that's perfectly acceptable. And we also do not require parents to rent anything like large low brass instruments or large low woodwind instruments like bassoons things like bassoons, French horns, um, F-attachment trombones, um, and tubas and baritones are furnished through the, uh, through the band program. Um, how much after-school commitment do you require from your students? On average, how many evening and weekend performances do you do? Okay, um, that's a good question. Uh, my after-school rehearsals primarily focus on seventh and eighth grade students. Um, seventh and eighth, seventh graders, a little bit less than eighth graders. Um, the older you are in the program, the more years of seniority you have, the more time expectation there is on you. Uh, typically one uh, day a week or two days a week, no more than usually required uh, for uh, the more advanced seventh and eighth grade students uh, that are preparing for those important concerts. And speaking of concerts, um, typically uh, I give one performance per uh, semester for the sixth grade students, uh, one and um, sometimes uh, two in that first semester when we conclude the song flute unit, and then uh, usually one at the end of the year uh, for their spring concert. And then for the seventh and eighth grade students, they do at least one performance per grading term, meaning one performance uh, for the uh, first nine weeks, one for the second nine weeks, one for the third nine weeks and one for the uh, fourth nine weeks. And anyone, of course, that's in the, uh, in the festival or the contest groups uh, that we take to evaluated concerts, uh, sometimes there's extra rehearsals required there. And uh, there's usually at least one extra performance that's put in uh, during that third grading term of the year. But uh, I'm very uh, careful with my schedules. I always uh, send everything out at the beginning of the year for parents so that there is absolutely no surprise, conflicts and whatnot. Uh, everything's crafted out right there from the very first uh, week of school. We send them all that information for any rehearsals that are required of the student and any performances that are required. Um, I like to give uh, parents plenty of heads up because I understand that just I'm a parent as well. And I understand that parents appreciate time to arrange their work schedules and their family schedules so that so that they don't have any conflicts on those important nights that students are. I mean, your student will really want to come to that concert, really want to be at those rehearsals. So I want to give every opportunity to make sure that there's no conflicts uh, on one of those very important uh, dates. So. Since you do after-school rehearsals, um, are students able to be involved in athletic programs or other clubs at the school? Uh, yes, uh, they, they can and they do. Um, if there is a student, let's say, that's uh, on one of the teams or on the cheerleading squad, I've, had, I've been teaching for a very long time and I'm, I'm very used to working out conflicts with coaches, particularly if there's a game. If we ever have a rehearsal and the coach has a game on the same night and that's one of their critical athletes, then I usually just simply excuse them from my rehearsal to go to their game. And we have a nice understanding the other way too. The coaches will excuse kids from their practice so they can come to my concert. 
Uh, and we and since uh, band is a graded subject and the things we work on after school are do eventually become part of their playtest grades, it's important that if you are listed to come to an after school rehearsal that you're there. So typically, um, I, I don't really have problems with kids missing rehearsals for athletic practices. Uh, typically, athletic practices go for, you know, way longer in the afternoon than the band rehearsal. Band rehearsals don't go for over an hour. So if we have an after-school rehearsal, it goes for about an hour or so. And then if a child is on the football team or on the basketball team or the cheerleading squad, once band rehearsal is over, they can go straight from band rehearsal and pick up the last hour or hour and a half of that athletic practice, which goes for much, much longer. Mm -hmm. And we have a really good understanding at MD Roberts uh, between uh, the band program and the requirements of any athletic groups or special extracurricular groups. And, and I oftentimes, like I said, I work with parents, I work with students, and I work with coaches to make things happen. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to do that because part of being in the middle school is exploring a lot of different things and finding out where you fit in the world. Right. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm very open to uh, open to that. What I don't like is people <laughs> skipping something that they were expected to be at. So. <laughs> but that, that rarely happens because, right. because we have a good working relationship with that I have another question. Uh, you mentioned a little earlier about song flutes. Um, what are song flutes and how do you use those? Okay, what a song flute is, is it's a pre-instrument method course, uh, which I use with my sixth graders. Um, uh, oftentimes, sixth graders uh, who enter into our middle school band programs, not only at my school, but at different schools uh, throughout the county randomly, uh, the kids haven't been exposed to any sort of recorder or song flute or anything. So for that reason, I like to put everybody on the same understanding level. And uh, I teach them the basics of, a, on, of air control of embouchure, which I talked about, of posture, of following a fingering chart with your fingers, looking at a chart, figuring out where your fingers should go on an instrument. These are things that, that apply to all instruments, mm -hmm. percussion, mm -hmm. woodwind, and brass. So I, I like to, well, I guess the embouchure in the air, not so much, but all the other stuff as well. But things like reading music, the, moving your eyes along mm -hmm. the music. I teach everyone how to do that on a simple little $7 plastic song flute. And um, we do a special little song flute concert after about six weeks or so with the sixth graders. And during that time, I'll take kids aside individually and I work with them during the class time or even on my break time with doing the instrument testing on the mouthpieces so that the parents have time to find out what instrument they're playing and uh, they have time to go ahead and take care of financial stuff and all that and get everything arranged and have all the instruments ready to go. By the time we do the song flute concert, once the song flute concert's over, then we go into the instrument unit. And the song flute unit is meant to be a springboard to kind of move the kids' knowledge along with reading music, like I said, with forming embouchure, with uh, using air control, which which is, is important for almost all the instrumentalists. And... Um, that trail that trails them right or moves them right into um, the real band instruments, uh, which typically happen about, I guess, toward about three weeks before the end of the first grading term mm -hmm. is typically when we, when we start with that. So it's just a transition time to just kind of get them used to those things which they're going to be doing. I've noticed that kids that start on the song flute unit, they're all mentally on the same place, no matter what their elementary school upbringing was, 
And we just save a lot of time starting real band instruments by taking that time on the psalm flutes prior. Right. Yeah. Um, do you go on any field trips with your students? Yes, we do. Um, I, I, I like to go on trips. When I go on a trip, I like to go on a trip that's educationally relevant. Um, I don't just go on a trip just to go somewhere. Um, I like to make sure it's something that's educationally relevant. Uh, financially, it's something that's, uh, that's affordable, that's, that makes good sense for the parents, uh, because oftentimes there is a, a cost to it. Um, the only trips we've gone to that are not uh, things that you have to pay for are things like, uh, you know, the, the things like uh, mandated performances, like large group evaluation concerts and stuff like that, where we take the whole band, mm -hmm. you know, we all perform. But we also have enjoyed like this year in particular with doing the Zoom style masterclass uh, sessions. That's really good because right. you can zoom in with a professional from anywhere in the country and bring that field trip right to your classroom you know, and save the costs on, you know, the chaperones and the costs on gas with the buses and everything. And it keeps the kids in school and we can just make a quick relationship straight to what they said to pick up your instrument. Let's do that now. And, um, you know, that's, that's been a really good help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've liked those zoom, um, field trips as well. It's been, it's been something nice that we've been able to do that we have, we haven't done in the past. So, uh, that is has been one advantage to being virtual is that we've been able to do those um, quick little master classes with the uh, specific instruments. That's been cool. Um, and I know we uh, together with the band and orchestra, we have gone on some field trips to see the Atlanta Symphony. Um, so oftentimes um, the I, I usually do an annual Atlanta Symphony field trips. Oftentimes band comes with us on that. So that's always fun that when we can go as a, as two groups on that field trip. Yep, those are always fun. <laughs> yeah. And stopping at the varsity for lunch is always a part That's of that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> everybody likes that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you'd like to share about you or your program? Well, um, one thing I want to uh, mention, if I can just kind of jump back to that audition stuff, mm -hmm. is that, you know, kids shouldn't be fearful about auditioning. Uh, you know, go ahead and just be working on those things that are listed on the website if you're a, an incoming seventh grader. Or uh, if you're an incoming sixth grader, just music should be your passion if you want to uh, if you want to join the band. And um, you know things. Uh, I mean, even kids who play percussion, let's say, who are going into the seventh grade, same requirements uh, to play those mallet uh, those mallet uh, etudes and uh, and the scales as the horns. Same requirements there. I mean, I guess the only other thing would be the percussionist. Mm -hmm. Percussionist who. Um, who uh, play, you have to be able to demonstrate things like paradiddle, flam, long roll, uh, also on snare drum, uh, just some basic rudiments that you should know at the end of your sixth grade year. But other than that, I just want to say the band is, it's the most fun you can have in middle school. <laughs> it's the most fun you can have in middle school. And it carries on to high school too, because mm -hmm. all the schools and all the high schools have bands. They have bands that perform uh, during the school day for assemblies, we perform at athletic events, we perform at formal ceremonies with large groups or small groups. We have jazz programs. We even have a jazz band here at MD Roberts that, mm -hmm. that we hope to revive uh, really, really soon. Um, we had to take a year off from all the performance ensembles right. this past year. The COVID year has been hard, but uh, we look forward to get back in the swing of things and adding some fun groups back in like jazz band again. And the band is just fun. I mean, if you continue with band, 
in the high school, then it sets you up um, as a student to earn scholarships mm-hmm. to college. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even if you're not majoring in music, you can get a scholarship or a service award that can pay for, I mean, goodness, some, some kids get easily offered. Uh, I was just talking to a high school band director last night who, uh, who is, who uh, has a deal with a college where the kids will get paid $5,000 per semester or per year. Um, and that equates out by the end of four to $20,000 just in the band. And they don't even have to be a music major. Mm -hmm. They just want competent musicians who can play. Right. And uh, that's a great way to earn money through college that could go to your college education, whether you decide, you know, to major in music or become a professional musician, that doesn't matter. Uh, it's just something that you can hold in your heart. Music is, and it's something that you can enrich your life with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll develop an appreciation for music and for the arts and for all the fun things that go with that by uh, by joining band. Uh, that's what band can be a, a catalyst for uh, for you um, as a joining student. And for all the parents who heard that, uh, that's who doesn't want that for right. their child? Who doesn't right. want that wonderful experience? Uh, something that they can take with them for the rest of their life and just have those wonderful times and experiences, all those friendships that you're going to develop by being a part of that band Mm -hmm. through middle Mm -hmm. and then through high school and maybe even through your college years, who knows? Right. So, uh, um, I, 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 that's, that's, that's just, um, that's just things that I I'm thinking about that I I know would be, uh, wonderful for you guys. So hopefully you'll consider band. Mm -hmm. And it shows how passionate you are about, about the band and about um, about music education in general. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I also, Mr. Corso mentioned the website. Uh, remember on our podcast, we have a link to our website that will take you to all of our fine arts programs. And if you click at the top on music, you will see a drop-down menu and you can select band to learn more about Mr. Corso and the band program. And on that uh, first page on our website, you will see all the audition requirements for our courses. So you can read again what Mr. Corso was talking about for his classes. Well, that's about it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to share this podcast with other Robert's friends and families. And if you know any elementary student who is interested in the fine arts, please share this so they can learn more about our programs here at MD Roberts School of the Arts. Our podcast is now found on various platforms, including Spotify, where you can follow us and never miss an episode. Thank you.